so grateful to be in God's house today. You can go ahead and take a seat. Welcome to church. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, if you're here in the room in Mesa, or I want to give a shout out to our campuses. What's up, South Mountain? Hello, Fountain Hills. All of our chapel services today. If you're joining us online, so glad that you're here. You know, I just never get over how cool it is that we are one church in multiple locations spread out across the valley, but we are united in heart and in mission, and we are all together today worshiping our great God. Isn't that so cool? Isn't it such an honor to be a part of what God is doing here at Generation Church. Before I jump into my sermon today, I just wanted to take one minute and speak. Uh, well, I'm going to speak to the ladies a lot today, but I wanted to give you a personal invitation girls at all of our locations to girls night that is coming up um, next Monday night, April 4th. It's here at the Mesa campus, but we're going to gather all the girls of generation and we're going to worship together. There's nothing like worshiping Jesus with a room full of women, okay? And we're going to uh, grow together through the teaching of God's word. And it's just going to be really fun. And it's going to be beautiful. You don't want to miss it. So make sure that you plan on coming to Girls' Night. I would love for you to be there. It won't be the same without you. So this last six weeks, uh, Pastor Ryan has been preaching sermon series called Bold Men. Was anyone just so blessed by that sermon series? And first, I just want to say I'm grateful for a pastor, for my pastor, who is a bold man of God, who is willing to say the truth that we need to hear uh, straight from the word. And I'm also grateful for a church full of men who are leading with strength and wisdom and boldness. Men, you are a blessing to our church. So thank you for leading us well. But we know that families and churches and societies, they can only really thrive when both men and women are living the way that God intended. So girls, you're not off the hook, okay? Today's your turn, and I'm going to be speaking to you today about who God created us to be as women and how we can actually live that out in our daily lives. Proverbs 12.4 says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. I mean, there's nothing like the word of God. Amen? <laughs> and this is where I get the title of my sermon today, Rottenness in His Bones. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Today, the title of my sermon, if you're taking notes, is An Excellent Wife. An excellent wife. And I'm going to be speaking to you today from the framework of being a wife. But these truths really do apply to all women. So girls, uh, let's open up our hearts today. And let's dive into God's word together. And let's grow in who God has created us to be. We need to start with this foundation, okay? God created women. Amen? Okay. <laughs> Let's try that again. God created women. Amen. Okay. And he created us differently than men, right? The Bible says male and female, he created them. So God created us women with unique attributes and strengths and characteristics. So we don't look like men. We don't act like men. We don't think like men. And all the girls said, thank God. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this is all part of God's perfect design. But the world today has very mixed messaging to women. And it has very mixed messaging when it comes to who women should be and what they should do. Okay, the most common hashtags used by women on Instagram today are hashtag girl boss and hashtag hot mess. I mean, these are two very different things, okay? So you're either a girl boss 
who has uh, everything all together and you're taking over the world and you don't need anyone or anything to help you. Or you're a hot mess, right? And you are just absolutely trying to survive. And there's uh, nothing that you have together and no one or nothing can help you. And these are two extremes. And they are both totally acceptable in our culture today. But the problem is that neither one really represents who God has created women to be. Now, don't get me wrong. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being a girl boss, okay? But if that is where uh, you find your whole identity, you're missing the mark. And I'm just going to be really honest. There is a lot wrong with being okay being a hot mess all of the time, okay? That's just not how God created us to be. Now, I know that in previous generations, there was a a very unhealthy standard of perfection placed on women, right? And everything had to be perfect and you had to look perfect all the time and your houses had to be perfect and people felt all the time like they had to be fake because of this standard that society was placing on them. And it was an unrealistic standard and it was crushing and unhealthy. But this is not the issue we are facing today, okay girls? Today it's totally acceptable to not even try Just throw the hashtag hot mess on it and call it a day, okay? And this is not who God created you to be. Girls, he created you with a specific and a special purpose. Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And who did he make? Woman. He made woman. Now, before you get your feathers all in a ruffle, okay, I just felt the tension in the room rise, okay? Helper, the word helper is not degrading, okay? Helper is not decreasing your value. Helper doesn't describe weakness. It's actually the exact opposite. Helper is an attribute of God that women have the honor and privilege of reflecting. And when you look at this word helper in the Hebrew, this is what it means, okay? One who supplies strength in the area that is lacking in the helped. So helper is a strength And this same word, helper, in the Hebrew is the word that is used to describe God multiple times throughout the Bible. In Psalm 3320, it's just one example. It says, we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. So girls, if helper is used to describe the God of the universe, we must see and acknowledge that it is not a put down. It is not a second place position. Helper is an honor. It's an honor to be a helper. And everything that you do, everything that I do to help my family thrive shows them and reflects the heart and character of God. Now, this changes how we feel about being a helper, doesn't it? And this helps us to approach the calling of helper with the right attitude and the right heart posture. Because if you're helping with the wrong heart posture, it will feel like a burden. But helping with the right heart posture, it feels like a calling. Because that is what it is. Wives, this is who God has called you to be. You are a helper. Husbands, just like God has called you and said that you are the leader, your wife is a helper. So just like Pastor Ryan said to the men in this Bold Men series, you are the leader of your family, so you're either a good leader or a bad one. Ooh, this applies to us too, girls. 
you are helping your husband in some way. And today, we need to evaluate and be honest with ourselves. Am I being a good helper? Am I helping my husband to thrive? Or am I helping him to stumble? Am I helping to bring peace to my home? Or am I helping to bring chaos? Going back to the first verse that we read, Proverbs 12:4, am I an excellent wife? Or am I rottenness in his bones? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, again, I didn't say it. The Bible did, okay? <laughs> now, I know that nobody who is following Jesus wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what? Today, I'm just going to strive to be rottenness in my husband's bones. I mean, that's not what we do, right? We all desire to be an excellent wife. So what makes an excellent wife? This word excellent that we see in Proverbs 12.4, it's the same Hebrew word that is translated as virtuous in Proverbs 31. So let's read Proverbs 31 and find out what makes an excellent wife. Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, it's a long passage of scripture, but you really have to read it all together to really grasp, grasp it. So let's read it. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? Or who can find an excellent and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household. It's my least favorite verse in the whole Bible. <laughs> and I'm never going to like it. And she plans the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fibers. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. Really? She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. I quit. <laughs> do all of that and it's really common for women to read Proverbs 31 or read about the Proverbs 31 woman and feel like why even try because I'll never measure up I don't even know what half that stuff means we feel this pressure to be perfect and I really used to struggle with this a lot especially as a newlywed but we have to know that God placed these, these words, this passage of scripture in the Bible for all of eternity. So uh, we can't ignore it and we really shouldn't want to. And there are a few things about Proverbs 31 that we really do need to understand in order to properly apply it to our lives, okay? First, the Proverbs 31 woman was not a real woman, okay? So, whew, <laughs> In the beginning of chapter 31, in verse 1, it says, The sayings of King Lemuel contain this message which his mother taught him. Okay? So this is wisdom from mother to son about what to look for in a wife. I call this mother-in-law sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> but 
that. <laughs> Again, it's in the Bible, so we need to read it and we need to learn from it. I also think it's important to know, it's just kind of cool that in the original Hebrew, this is written as an acrostic poem. So every line starts with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which just says that it was, it was written like this so it would be easy to memorize and easy to pass down from generation to generation. So it's kind of like your great-grandma's apple pie recipe. It sweetens your life. It helps you know how to live. We also need to know that Proverbs 31, it's not a standard of perfection. Okay, girls? That's not what it is. And it is also not a to-do list. So we don't have to read this and just try to do all of the things. I mean, I am not planning on buying a field or making a bedspread anytime soon, okay? That's not what this is supposed to be. But we can read Proverbs 31, and we can learn how to be an excellent wife from this passage because we see characteristics and virtues of a woman who seeks to honor God in everything that she does. And as a Christian wife, this should be our goal. So today we're going to talk about six characteristics of an excellent wife that we can see and learn from in Proverbs 31. Number one, an excellent wife is trustworthy. She's trustworthy. Proverbs 31, 11, and 12, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. Girls, being a trustworthy wife is a sweet and a good gift that we can give to our husbands. And this is so important. I mean, I think we would all agree that trust is vital for a healthy relationship. So a trustworthy wife is faithful. Now, at first you're like, well, duh, right? Like, if you want to be faithful if you're going to be trustworthy, right? But this needs to be said, and it's something that we as women need to be on guard against. Now, statistically and sadly, men do have more affairs than women. But in psychology today, it reports that women ages 18 to 29 are more likely than men of the same age to be guilty of infidelity in a marriage. And married women report their highest rate of infidelity in their 60s. So I know, girls, I know that I am speaking to women who want to have a strong marriage. I'm speaking to women who desire to be faithful but this is something that you need to actively fight against. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You are not immune to the temptations of this world. So you need to decide right now that this will not be your story. And girls, we have to be honest and except the fact that there is more than one way to be unfaithful. Now, these things that I'm going to mention, they might seem like innocent choices at first, but they are damaging to your relationship, and they will break trust. So we need to be faithful with our eyes. What books are you reading, ladies? Because there is a lot of hot garbage out there. Who do you follow on social media? What TV shows are you watching? What are you looking at on the computer when no one is home? And what are you allowing into your soul? And where are these things leading your mind? And we also need to be faithful with our heart. An emotional affair is still an affair. So talking to your ex or your high school crush on Facebook Messenger, no. No. Don't do it. Having a work husband, no. Never okay. Thinking things like, he just understands me better, or we're just having some fun, or he's just so easy to talk to. No, no, no. Listen, girls, 
Your heart belongs 100% to your husband. And if you start down the road of giving little pieces of it to men here and there who are not your husband, you are being unfaithful and you are setting yourself up for disaster. A trustworthy wife is also responsible. Just can your husband trust you to do stuff? (laughs) It's something that we need to seriously ask ourselves. This looks like just doing what you say you're going to do. If he asks you to do something, do it. Not in six months, but now. Take great care of your areas of responsibility. So if you're in charge of the laundry, do it more than once a month. I know it's the worst, but we have to do it, okay? If you take the kids to school, get them there on time. Also be responsible and be a good steward of your money. Now I can't talk about money management without first talking about tithing, right? Because we want to be obedient to the word of God. So if you're married today, do not be the wife who complains to your husband about tithing. Make it easy for him to put the Lord first in your finances. We should be grateful that we have husbands that lead us in the ways of the Lord. And single girls, tithe now. Set that standard for yourself now. It will help you avoid marrying a fool in the future. Because you won't put up with somebody who doesn't put God first. Also be a good steward of your money with budgeting. Now, you should have a family budget. And that should be something that husband and wife agree upon together. But once you set that budget, girls, are you sticking to it? Or are you sneaking a lot of Amazon packages in the door when he's not looking? (laughs) Now, it's cute on TikTok, but it's not cute in real life, okay? You need to stick to the budget. Be content and grateful for what you do have. And don't nag your husband or make him feel guilty for what you don't have. Ecclesiastes 6, 9. Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. Now there's nothing wrong with shopping. Amen, hallelujah. And you can buy new things, but if you're looking for new things to satisfy and fill you, you will always be empty. Next, an excellent wife is kind. She's just a kind human being. Verse, thir- verse 26, when she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. We need to first and most importantly be kind to our husbands. Isn't it sad how so often the people closest to us get the worst version of us? We need to be kind in the way we speak to our husbands. Because words are powerful. Your tone of voice is powerful. Especially from a wife to her husband. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue can bring death or life. So wives, you can speak life to him. You should be encouraging him with your words. Tell him you're proud of him. Tell him thank you for everything that he does for your family. Tell him you think it's sexy when he brings the groceries in. I bet he'll do it more often. (laughs) So we need to be kind in the way we talk to him, but we also need to be kind in the way we talk about him. Listen, you shouldn't be the only person who knows you actually like your husband. You always should be building him up in public and never tearing him down. People around you should think you're married to Superman. And they should be annoyed about how awesome your husband is. (laughs) But we're always building him up. Now, I'm not telling you to be fake, okay? But you need to be extremely careful who who you share frustrations with. 
Now, just a side note, I'm not talking about an abuse situation here, okay? I'm talking about a normal husband and wife challenging season. So if you are being abused in any way, please tell anyone who will help you. But I'm talking about normal husband and wife disagreeing, difficult seasons. Girls, you need to have a few. Did you hear that? A few, like one or two people, okay? Who can help you through difficult moments in your relationship. And these people need to be wise, not just your girlfriends who will agree with you about how horrible your husband is. That's not helpful at all. So when you're looking for these people that you can share these uh, moments with, here are a few things you need to be looking for, okay? They should always be a girl. You should never talk negatively about your husband to another man. That is incredibly inappropriate. So they need to be a girl, and also, they better love Jesus. We have no business getting advice from people who don't have the same set of values that we have, okay? They should also be someone your husband approves of. Your husband should never be embarrassed because you told someone something that you shouldn't have. So decide as a couple, who are these people going to be for each other and approve of them? And girls, it can't be your mom or your dad, okay? Your parents should only think the very best of your spouse. And listen, it should never be the internet, okay? (laughs) Never either directly or passive aggressively. I mean, we've all seen the posts. Some people just never take out the trash when I ask them to. We all know who you're talking about. Stop it. The internet is not the place, okay? Just find those few people who can encourage you in the ways of the Lord. Second, she's kind to her children. An excellent wife is kind to her kids. The same way your words affect your husband, they have the same power with your children. You should be your kid's biggest fan and loudest cheerleader. I'm so grateful my mom is so good at this. But when your kids think about bringing an issue to you, when they think about talking to you about something they're struggling with or something that they failed at, do they feel like they can come to you with anything Or do they know they can't because they just know you're going to explode about everything? We need to speak to our children full of love and kindness and show them the patience and the goodness of the Lord with our words. Now, we do remember that discipline is kindness, right? And we discipline the children that we love. So... Being kind to them doesn't mean you never discipline them. It just means that you work hard to discipline them in love and full of kindness. So if you are a mom who constantly loses your temper and constantly raises your voice, you need to stop and ask God to help you, give you wisdom to control your temper. And you need to apologize to your children and you need to do better. Third, an excellent wife is clothed in strength and dignity. This comes straight from verse 25. She is clothed in strength and dignity. Now, this is not just talking about physical clothes, but the way that you present yourself to the world. An excellent wife presents herself to the world strong and dignified. And in order to do this, you have to be healthy to the best of your ability. So, Girls, we need to take care of ourselves. We have a responsibility to take care of ourselves. First, we need to take care of our spiritual health. Your relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in your life, but it's also often the easiest thing to neglect. So you need to decide that you're going to make that number one priority because everything else that we're talking about today flows out of that. 
The closer you are to Jesus, the easier all these things are going to be. And you will never regret making your relationship with Jesus a priority. So read your Bible, listen to worship music, pray. Listen, girls, I know you're busy, but you are not too busy to spend time with Jesus. We also need to take care of our mental health. Listen, if you are seriously struggling today with your mental health, please get help. That is not something to be ashamed of. If you need to go to a counselor or a therapist, please do it. We are cheering for you and praying for you and want God's very best for you. But sometimes we struggle mentally and it's not as serious as needing to go see somebody, but we just need to like get ourselves out of a funk. Have you ever been there, girls? Yeah, don't leave me hanging. Have you ever been there, girls? Yes. The things that help me when I'm struggling mentally is taking a break from social media. That helps me every time. Or just like reading a novel, get my mind uh, focused on something else. Or taking a girls' night out with your friends or going to girls' night. Uh, or talking to a close friend on the phone. And I just think it's really important to remember, if you are struggling any way mentally today, you're not alone. You're not alone. You have a church family here who loves you and is supporting you and praying for you. I've shared in the past how I struggled with anxiety and panic attacks, and my church family came around me and supported me. And I'm so grateful to God that I don't struggle with that anymore. But when you're struggling mentally, it's time to get to work to fix it. We also need to take care of our physical health, okay? Now, physical appearance is not everything, but it's also not nothing. Proverbs 31, 17, she is energetic and strong. This is talking about physical health here, okay? And when we take care of our physical health, we're just being good stewards of the body God has given us. So this practically looks like working out and eating healthy. Girls, you should work out and be strong and eat healthy. Now, I'm not saying you have to like be on a strict diet all the time, okay? Like I love bread and cake, <laughs> but most of the time we want to be fueling our bodies with things that are going to help us be strong, right? And Pastor Ryan said in the Bold Men series that he wants to be strong enough to carry me out of a burning building. And I'm so grateful he has that heart. But as his wife, I want to make that as easy for him as possible. <laughs> Now, I hope you hear my heart, girls. I, I am not talking about being a certain size or looking a certain way, okay? But I am talking about being the healthiest version of you, being fit for you, being strong for you. We need to take care of ourselves. Also, we need to get enough sleep. Girls are so bad at this. We always have the mindset, I will sleep when I'm dead, because there is always something else that needs to be done. But sleep is so important. And you will never be an excellent wife if you are sleep deprived every single day, okay? Go to sleep. A Harvard study said that lack of adequate sleep can affect judgment, mood, ability to learn, and retain information. Girls, you need rest. If something doesn't get done in a day, just let it go. It will be there tomorrow. Just go to bed. Your family will thank you for not being in a horrible mood every single day, okay? Also, I think we need to take care of our wardrobe. I mean, it's in the Bible. I'm going to show you. Okay. She is clothed in strength and dignity. So this proves to me that God cares about our clothes, Clothed in strength and dignity. Keyword here. Proverbs 31:22 also says she dresses in fine linen and purple gown. Listen, this is my favorite verse in Proverbs 31. 
But we just have to acknowledge that the way that we dress, the clothes that we wear, they communicate something to the world around you. And you don't have to like it, but it's true. And it's something that we need to think about. What am I communicating to the world when I get dressed in the morning? Am I communicating that I know that I'm a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I am his masterpiece and I am here for a purpose and God has a calling on my life and I'm going to walk in that calling? Or are we presenting hashtag hot mess? It's something that we need to think about. Now, I am all about comfort, okay? I'm all about being comfortable, and I have no problem wearing workout clothes to the grocery store. But if you have worn nothing but leggings in the last month, it might be time to (laughs) reevaluate. I mean, we need to address address for the occasion that we are attending, right? How many of you have thought, I wish my husband was more romantic? Well, Maybe try wearing clothes that communicate that you care about looking pretty for him. And then go on a date, shave your legs, and wear a dress. And just see what happens, okay? (laughs) What we wear is important. And while I'm talking about this issue and the importance of the way that we dress, I just want to chat for just a few moments about modesty. Now, don't worry, this is not going to turn into some crazy legalistic talk where I tell you your shorts should touch your knees and shoulders are evil, okay? This is not that kind of church. Nobody wants to go to church where everyone's judging what you're wearing and measuring your skirt length, okay? But this topic is important, and it's not just important for wives, but for every girl who follows Jesus, especially our daughters, And I'm just going to be honest with you for a few moments. As your pastor, I I am concerned, and I say this with all the love and care in my heart. I am concerned about how our younger generation is dressing and what we're allowing our daughters to wear. First Timothy 2.9, and I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing. Now, girls, modesty is not suppressing your freedom, okay? It's not not being allowed to express yourself through clothing. But modesty is accepting and celebrating that you are a daughter of God. And because of that, you are going to treat yourself and express yourself with dignity, respect, and class. Now listen, I don't care at all what is in style right now or what all the cool kids are wearing, okay? Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Now I do think And I'm I'm being honest, I do think that the capital C church got the messaging of this topic wrong for decades, which is probably why so many people rebelled against it. And if you're my generation or older, you were probably told something like this in youth group when you were a teenager. Girls, you need to dress modestly to help your brothers in Christ not stumble. Now, while I don't disagree with that thinking completely, I do think it misses the heart of God on the subject. When we're talking about modesty, the heart of God is daughters. You deserve to dress modestly because you are special, precious, and worthy of honor. So let's be women who clothe ourselves in dignity. And there aren't always hard rules for what's modest and what's not, but when you're getting dressed in the morning, ask yourself, is this honoring to God? Is this honoring to me? And if you're married, is this honoring to my husband? Number four, an excellent wife is a homemaker. And she takes pride and finds joy from bringing peace and order to her home. Proverbs 31, 27, she carefully watches everything in her household. Okay, 
it is my turn to get arrested by the political correctness police. <laughs> but I am not here to be politically correct. I'm here to be biblically correct and stir you on to the things of God. And honestly, I don't really understand why homemaker is a term that gets so looked down upon in our society today. I mean, women, like, don't you want to make your house a home? Why would that ever be a bad thing? The Bible is very clear. Women are supposed to care for their homes. Titus 2, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Now, I am not telling you that you should not work, okay? That's not what I'm saying. This looks differently for different people. You can be a stay-at-home mom and be a homemaker. And you can work full-time outside of the home and be a homemaker. I have a full-time job, and I take pride in being a homemaker for my family. But the point is, girls, it is your responsibility. Hear me though, okay? This doesn't mean you have to do it all by yourself. You shouldn't do it all by yourself, especially if you work outside the home. And I think we get confused about what it really means to be a homemaker. And we put the emphasis on the wrong things, which is why it has so many negative feelings associated with the word. Homemaking is so much more than cleaning and laundry. I was expecting a louder amen. <laughs> now these things can and are a part of it, but if you as a family decide that the wife is gonna clean and the husband's gonna do the laundry, that's totally okay. That weight doesn't fall uh, completely on the wife if you decide as a family to do it differently. Girls, if you have a cleaning lady, more power to you. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. If the wife does all the household chores because that is what works best for your family, that's okay too. It's whatever makes your household function well. But if you think of homemaking and all you think about is cleaning and laundry, you are missing the whole point. Homemaking is creating an environment where your family can rest, be restored, and find peace. It's cultivating an environment where, as a family, you can enjoy God's presence and the blessings he has given you. And what an honor this is. Now, girls, this does mean that sometimes you're going to have to get up first and go to bed last. It does mean that you have to put aside what you feel like doing in the moment and do what is best for your family. It means that you do have to plan ahead and be prepared. But listen, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Proverbs 31, 28. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Girls, don't you want your husbands and your kids to feel this way about you? Being a homemaker isn't a burden, it's a blessing. And it's not just a blessing to your family, it's also a blessing for you. As you're living out the characteristic of helper, as you're creating an environment where your family will thrive, you're blessing your family, but you also are a benefit of that blessing. And don't you want to create a home where your kids leave in the morning and they get excited when they get home after school? Don't you want your husband to feel comfortable and loved? Don't you want to create an environment where your family can thrive and learn and grow in the things and the ways of the Lord? That's homemaking. And it's a blessing. Number five, an excellent wife is confident. 
She is confident in who she is, and she doesn't worry about what the future holds. Two verses I want to read about being confident. Verse 21, she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. And also, verse 25, she laughs without fear of the future. Girls, let me remind you, I've said it a lot today, God created you. And he gave you all the gifts and talents, abilities, and strength that you need to accomplish anything that's in front of you. He knew who your kids were going to be and what they were going to struggle with. And he gave you what you need to face that. He knows who you're married to and the strength that you need to be a good wife for him. And even though we know this is true, it's so true, we can still lack confidence, can't we? And it's something that women really struggle with. I think one of the reasons why we struggle with confidence so much is that we compare ourselves to others constantly. I mean, have you ever felt like you just crushed the day and you sit down on the couch at night and you open Instagram, and you instantly feel defeated because somebody else did it better? Comparison will kill your joy every time. Listen, God is not comparing you to her, so you shouldn't either. You are your own person with your own gifts in your own stage of life doing the best that you can, and that's okay. So unfollow, unsubscribe, get rid of social media completely. Do whatever you need to do. Surround yourself with women who are going to cheer you on and be on your team and tell you you're doing a great job. I think another reason that we struggle is because we worry a lot. And as women today, there is a lot that we can be worried about. And you can't be confident and worried at the same time. But aren't you grateful that Jesus said in John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. We don't need to worry about anything because we serve a God who is alive. We don't have to put confidence in anything else but Jesus. And as his followers, we know that in the end, we win. So what are we worried about? We can take all of our worries, all of our anxiety, all of our fear, and place it in the hands of Jesus and know that he's got it all under control. We don't need to worry. We just need to trust him. And lastly, an excellent wife is a hard worker. There are so many verses in Proverbs 31 that tell us that we should be a hard worker. She's, in verse 16, she's a hard worker. I mean, it actually says that. (laughs) Also, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. So this one is simple, girls. Just don't be lazy. Nothing excellent ever comes out of laziness. It takes hard work. It takes effort. But you know, no one ever gets to the end of their life and says, you know, I just really wish I would have watched more TV. Nobody ever says that. So let's be women who get up, who are willing to work hard, and do what God has called us to do, and be who God has called us to be. We will not regret working hard for the Lord. And in closing today, it really all comes down to this. Proverbs 31:30, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Now notice, it's not a woman with a spotless house. It's not a woman whose children are always perfectly behaved. 
but it's the woman who honors God by seeking him in everything she does and trusting him wholeheartedly with her life. She will be praised. And listen, you will never do all of these things perfectly. It's impossible. But the longer you love Jesus, the easier it will be. And we want to be beautiful girls. We want to be excellent wives who reflect the heart of God, obey what the Bible says, help our husbands, and lead our children to Jesus. And there's so much messaging in life to just accept your hot mess and just be satisfied with the way things are. We've been conditioned by our culture to settle for less than God's best. But this is not the Christian life. It's not the Christian life for women and men. The Christian life is trying and failing and continuing forward for God's glory. The Lord gives us the strength to try and the grace to fail. And because we know our strength comes from the Lord, we can win free from pride without getting sucked into the comparison wars. And because we know our acceptance comes through Jesus, we can fail free from shame. And we don't even have to hide our flaws. But in all things, we can keep pressing forward towards God's standard for God's glory. And everyone around us will be blessed. Can we stand together today at all of our locations? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And as we're wrapping up today, I just want to take a minute to pray for all of the women underneath the sound of my voice that are here today. Girls, God has a beautiful plan for your life. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful for every single woman that is here today. Lord, she is special and cherished and loved by you. And God, I pray that she knows that deeply in her soul today. Lord, I pray that as women, as wives, as moms, Lord, that we would flourish, that we would grow and develop into the women that you have called us to be. God, I pray a blessing on every single woman standing here today. Lord, that she would be confident in who you have created her to be. Lord, that she would face the future full of joy and strength. Lord, that she would love her family well, that she would help her husband full of pride, Lord, in what you have called her to do. Lord God, I pray that you would use her in great and mighty ways. Lord, we desire to be women who love you and serve you above all else. So Lord, we give you our lives and we trust you completely. And Lord, we're just so grateful for your presence in our lives. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.